The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Yeah, snub kitty up. Welcome to Fair to Stop Breakdown. This is the Fair to Stop podcast channel, the number one channel where police meet. Society and culture, we have an amazing breakdown for you today. Sheriff on trial, calling back up. I'm confused, but I'm sure the easy, steezy, beautiful Drew Breezy will have uh, all the information, being that he is a 30 year retired detective of some sort from some place yeah. in some county in some town in some state of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to break it all down for us. And I'm excited to hear about it. Drew, how are you this morning, sir? I'm feeling very patriotic. We are very close to Independence Day. Uh, this made a debut last night. Oh, and, is that uh, the bald eagle with the mullet? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I was going to save I the mullet it. for the uh, end, but look at this. It does have oh, a mullet. It's. I, I don't. I still haven't quite figured out how a bald eagle has a moulet just like yours. Oh, oh yes. look, at, look that. at that! Look at that dude. side by side. Oh man, USA, USA. 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 For all you guys tuning in on our audio things, you're going to have to go over to YouTube and check that one out. But uh, it seems that the easy, steezy, beautiful Drew Breezy has a American Eagle that has a mullet that matches mine. Pride Month is over, by the way. That was a long month for me. My ass is sore. Uh, it's a long month. That's a lot. That's a lot of gay shit for, for a whole month of that stuff is a lot. I wish we could just go to a gay day. Um, we can all just be gay for one day, but being gay for the whole month really has me tuckered out. It's pain in the ass at this point. Uh, gay day. Uh, hold on. When is your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. We'll, we'll figure this oh, out. Later. Touche. Touche. Um, but it, it, just to remind you, we are still in June, technically. I mean, this is the last day. It's the yeah, last, last day, day to get all my gay shit out. So then we get uh, we get to America month. Yeah, brother. I got the American mullet all trimmed up, ready to go, going out of town. Got to open up the distillery for two more days, and then I'm on vacay for five days. Good old vacay. Brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Though I'm going on vacation, I won't be going without my ghost bed pillow. Wish I could take my ghost bed mattress, but I can't. But I can take my ghost bed pillow right now. Ghost bed for the 4th of July because they're meds, because they're beds made in the good old USA. 50% off sale right now, site-wide almost. So head over to ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Get you a sleep so good it's scary. Look, you don't like firecrackers? PTSD, well, I've seen war. Oh, God, you know what fireworks do to me? Listen, we've all been there, dude. Like half the country went to war. We were at war for 20 years. We've all been there. We've all seen some shit. Instead of whining about it on the uh, interwebs, get you a ghost bed and just sleep through it. Sleep it off. Speaking of mental health and mental wellness and PTSD, there would be a lot less mental health issues if everybody slept on a ghost bed. Good American ghost bed, man. Get you fresh. I think it should be a tax. I think you should get a tax cut for having a ghost bed. Oh, yeah. I think I thought you did, but I guess not. Huh? Because you're not weighing down the the economy. Mental health system. Yeah. The the economy. You're not part of the problem anymore. I'm just kidding. Those of you guys who have mental health issues, you're not part of the problem. We all have them here. Look at Drew. Look at his face. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fucking Evan I, got a fucking, I got an eagle with a mullet in my hand. I'm I in my mid fifties. I don't know if Drew has a thousand yard stare or if he just hates me that much. <laughs> he's always giving me that eye, you know, like that. I don't know what he's thinking. What are you thinking in there? <laughs> there it is. It's a <laughs> <laughs> private private pile. 
Private pile, yes. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Ghostbed and Manscaped, for joining us for the month. Um, I just Manscaped this mullet. Uh, some of you guys are wondering, do the drapes match the curtains? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, old Shawshank down there has a mullet. Um, <laughs> nice and trimmed up. <laughs> There's an eagle <laughs> thrown up on my <laughs> desk. We have the best ad reads ever. Listen, do I ever follow the ad reads? Actually, I just talked to our publicist the, the other day. And he was like, we're never, ever, ever doing pre-recorded ads again. And I said, really? And he says, no, never again. He's like, listen, I, they, you know, of course, all these big companies, they want, they want control, creative control. Yeah. They, they, they have a standard, right? And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to do both. Um, and they were like, no, you can't do both. So we did what would you do like three months of just pre-recorded ad reads that everybody fucking hated. We had so many bad reviews because of the ads. Then I called back and I said, like, dude, look, we make enough money from Patreon, from YouTube, from Ghostbed that I don't need all these other little sponsors to keep us on the float. They're actually hurting us more than they're helping us. And we got a call back and he was like, we're never doing those again. These are the companies that are in. They want the regular ad reads. We've seen the numbers. Do what you do with Ghostbed for these sponsors. So we've got three sponsors coming in July that just want me to just go wild off the rails. Off the rails, man. It sells, bro. Nobody wants to be. I don't know. I, I listen. Have you ever bought something based off of a pre-read ad before a podcast ever in your life? No, I can't say that I have. No, but if I can personally endorse it, I've got five. <laughs> yeah, definitely three of them were made on a ghost bed, and guess what happened to be my three best kids? I can't tell you how many ghost beds I've bought so far. I think not. So if you want good kids, buy ghost beds. You want school shooters? Buy something else. <laughs> it's a pretty simple formula, actually. <laughs> Ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. <laughs> uh, today's breakdown. Listen, before we get into today's breakdown, though, we do have some breaking news um, from yesterday. Court uh, court trial has has finished with the uh, Scott Peterson case. Right, Scott Peterson? Yeah, we call it court trial. Uh, but yes, trial. it is Scott Peterson, not to be confused with the Scott Peterson from, um, I think it was Modesto, California, who, who killed, brutally killed uh, Lacey Peterson, his wife and yeah. unborn child, Connor. Right. This was the, uh, the quote, infamous coward from Broward. I don't like even saying that, but that's just how people know him. Yeah. Um, I did a big breakdown with Mike, the cop called, is it a crime to be a coward? We talked a lot about this case. Um, about two years ago, and my stance back then was um, I don't think that he was a coward. Um, I did the same kind of Uvalde breakdown. I've heard his story. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, a lot of people are like, yeah, right. He's full of shit. He knew, you know, echo is a real thing. And I've had experience with gunfire and not knowing where it's coming from or which way I've actually been in a firefight where we shot at in one direction um, for maybe a minute before somebody said, guys, we're on the wrong side of the trucks here. That's coming from the other way. Um, and when the rounds aren't really cracking at you, um, and they're, you know, you're not hearing the the snap. It's really difficult to figure out which way they've come from. Sometimes even if you do hear the snap, you might not know which direction that's coming from, um, in some cases. So, you know, his kind of case was, he really didn't know where, which, which building it was coming from. And, you know, I also empathize with the fact that once you go into those buildings, that's it, you're in, um, nobody knows where you're at. No, you, you right. know, and, and you're, you're one man army and I get it, go to the gu sound of gunfire. But if you don't know where the sound of gunfire is, 
th there is a moment in time where you have to try to figure things out and I don't hold it against him. It's a shitty uh, place to be in. But my stance has always been that even if he was an absolute coward, I don't think that reaches the extent to being a criminal. I don't think you have a constitutional obligation. Uh, everybody's going to act differently when they're faced with certain fears. Some people don't know they're scared of heights until they get to special forces assessment and selection. You train so hard. And when I went to special forces assessment and selection, that first shower I took and I looked around in that big giant room full of shower heads. And I thought, geez, every fucking guy in here looks like he's out of the movie 300. I don't know that I stand a chance here, but then you get to that obstacle course on day two and half of those dudes are afraid of heights. How do you train that hard? How do you diet for that long? How do you, prepare your feet for blisters and, and all those things only to be afraid of heights. You didn't know you were afraid of heights until you got to special forces assessment selection. You thought everything was just going to be on flat earth. I don't, you know, I don't get it, but people don't know how they're going to act when they're scared. And I don't know that that rises to the level of being a criminal because you're afraid when it, when it matters. Here's, here's my take. And I, and I, I want to get into this a little bit more because I actually have a, a, a very uh, a good friend who was there. So, I mean, I have like firsthand information kind of, uh, it's not kind of, I mean, I do, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to share everything he shares, but, uh, definitely not going to identify him, but, <clears throat> um, I, I, I get that. Like, I think it was a very convenient, the, the sheriff down there was having, uh, problems, I guess. I don't know. But at a minimum, he did this press conference two or three days after the shooting. He pointed the finger directly at this deputy sheriff. He did not – he never spoke to the deputy sheriff. He, he, he just went off the interviews that the homicide people did when the, when the deputy was a witness to this, by the way, not when he was under some kind of investigation or whatever. And Scott Israel, the sheriff, got on and did this whole press conference about how his deputy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And everybody jumped on that. The media jumped on that. The whole world jumped on that. Everybody said this guy was a coward and this and that. So the um, think of this. Laws are tested all of the time. Like you wouldn't have a Miranda versus Arizona, a Terry versus Ohio, Graham versus Connor, if laws weren't tested, right? So the prosecutor's office down there in Broward County decided, okay, look, we're going to test it and we're going to say, you were responsible for those lives and your failure to do anything while the shooting was going on constitutes a form of neglect. You had responsibility. So in other words, there could have been 50 cops that showed up to that scene that hid behind barriers and hid behind concrete, but there's only one in their eyes that should not have been hiding behind anything and should have been running towards the sound of gunfire, which as you just alluded to, and, and it's a great point, is echoing. You, you don't know where it's coming from. You got, you know, as the, in the trial, he alluded, the defense attorney alluded to it over and over football fields worth of, you know, visuals to try to figure out where this gunfire is coming from. So I mean, from how many I times can, have you been sitting in your patrol car, heard shots fired and you're what, and you're like, Ooh, where'd that come from? And one dude's like, from? I think it was over there. And I'm like, yeah, no way, dude. Yeah. It's from, it's, 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 it's from the East. You know, um, the, the, the difference here is uh, it, 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 this is, a, this is definitely where hindsight is 2020 because he was literally looking at the building where it was all occurring. However, there were three floors. There was a building next to it with three floors. So, uh, he, he his story. If you ever get to watch, he he did an interview like before his trial, um, from his cabin in 
the great state of North Carolina. And he, he said that, um, look, I, I thought it was, it was originally reported to me that it was sniper fire. And I was, the only reason I was concealed was because it, I thought it was sniper fire. I, I didn't think he was in there murdering students. I thought that he was shooting down at employees where we were or the football field or, right. you know, and <clears throat> that the, the location of Marjorie Stillman Douglas is uh, very unique because it's, it's on the border of two jurisdictions, Parkland, which is, I think it falls under Broward County, if I'm not mistaken. And then Coral Springs who has their, their own PD. So now there's all kinds of problems too, where, when it comes to, when you dial 911 from a landline, it's going to go directly to where it needs to go. When you dial 911 from a cell phone, it's going to go somewhere else, or it could go to where it needs to go. Um, so there are all kinds of problems with communication, as in, if it's if it's if fresh information is getting to, let's say, Coral Springs PD, but he's Broward SO, he's not going to get the same information. So th- there are definitely. Um, issues there however the caregiver uh test that that the uh the 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 um state attorney's office tried in this case failed the 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 jury's the the jury just decided that literally and i'm not using this word to describe him i'm just saying kind of what the jury is maybe thinking but literally it's not a crime to be a coward so if, right. if, if if no matter w- w- what the reason he was behind the pillar, n- none of that, it, it's all irrelevant. When it comes to criminal conduct, he did not commit a crime in the jury's eyes. There was an issue over perjury, though, because he said something to the effect in his interview days after as a witness to the, quote, you know, mass shooting that he heard two or three shots and, and he didn't know where it was coming from. You know, he didn't know where it was coming from is probably the truthful statement, but two or three shots. But even when he keys the radio, you hear multiple gunshots. So um, I, I think a lot of the cops down there are uh, under the, the impression that, uh, and from what I understand, it's like a 50-50. 50% don't believe, 50% believe he was a coward. Uh, but at any rate, they uh, there are a lot of people that believe he should have been found guilty for the perjury part of it. Maybe not necessarily the caregiver part of it. I still maintain i wasn't there i still maintain that there is a a level of auditory exclusion that you're never going to be able to recreate in anybody's mind in anybody's courtroom either i you know i i I went back recently because of the va va stuff but i went back to a firefight that i was involved in and i read everybody's statements i don't think i'd ever read anybody's statements before my wife was trying to gather evidence for this va thing that we're doing and so she was going through everybody's statements that i had i had everybody's written statements on the firefight i just had never read them and um it was insane how different everybody's perspective of that that little gunfight was it's it's just it was crazy um, how different, uh, you know, what, what people perceived versus what I perceived and, and things like that. And it, it's really wild. You know, I'll say with the city of Raleigh, at least, you know, I, I, we've all worked with cowards or so we know who they are. Um, and then I don't know about other jurisdictions, but Raleigh loves to promote the cowards. I, I mean, probably the three biggest cowards that I know that I've literally seen hide in fear um, have all been promoted uh, one made it all the way up to, uh, to, to assistant chief or deputy chief, whatever they wanted to call it. Um, you know, just absolute cowards. Um, and, and they make it. So I, I think it's, it's, that's every department. So when you start pointing fingers at the one coward, I bet you the people pointing the fingers and calling them a coward are pointing those fingers because they know inside 
that that's them and they're trying to take that focus off of themselves make themselves feel a little bit better because there are a lot of there is a lot of cowards out there i I just uh this this gets back to you valdi in in my opinion The, the the cases are completely different but there are similarities but you know when you throw this term around as a like coward this is what i say you know, we as cops are always like, oh, my God, everybody throws us under the bus and the media under the bus and blah, blah, blah. But then we're the first ones to say, oh, well, he was a coward. And <clears throat> if you're if you're a leader, if you're a leader in your profession or your leader, period, uh, yes, you ne- you definitely need to confront the issues at hand. But if you're quick to call somebody a coward without full facts or without understanding exactly what happened, uh, I, I don't think you're going to get anybody to follow you, and and, and you'll, you're an ineffective leader, in, in my opinion. However, there are people that were actually there that saw something very different, and they they experienced something very different, and you can't take that away from them. I think most of all, I, I think the the yardstick to me in this whole thing is I watched the press conference yesterday afterwards of of Scott Peterson, and is he contrite? I, I think he is, but he he also said he was asked directly, like. What do you say to the parents? And and he made reference to the fact that, or, or maybe the reporter did that. Look, this is probably not the outcome they were looking for, and uh, I kind of think that that's true as well. I think that they wanted him convicted, but um, and I don't speak for them, obviously. Uh, and, and I completely understand their, you know, just every emotion, uh, terror, horror, uh, never experiencing another Fourth of July with their sixteen-year-old kid, and you know, I, I get all that. Uh, his his response though was pretty sincere. In I will meet with them anytime they want. If they want to contact my attorney right here, I would be glad to sit with them, tell answer any question, tell them exactly what I know, tell them exactly what I did that day. Um, you know they deserve that, and I've been grieving with those families for years, but I haven't been able to say anything about it. Right. So to me, the measuring stick is he, he's if he's a true coward he would more than likely want to dodge any of the families. And now, you know, whether anybody takes him up on that or whether um, he actually follows through with that are, you know, definitely three different avenues. But, um, you know, the fact that he's willing to meet with them, I I don't think he's afraid to face those uh, tough questions. And when you're dealing with a victim's family, um, you're not going to lie your way out of anything. There's no way. Yeah. So, uh, interesting case though. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm glad that he got not guilty. I don't think he's the real criminal here. I think the real piece of shit, uh, who is spending the rest of his life in jail is who we yeah. should focus all of our anger on. It's so funny to me that we don't do that. Like we want to focus, like, you know, with Uvalde, you know, we don't want to focus all of our energy and hate towards the parents or the, you know, whoever raised right. this monster. You know, it's like we don't even give them any like I don't I don't think that these school shooters parents really get what they fucking deserve. You raise a school shooter. You should just be shamed as a parent and never allowed to have kids again. Like you should get the ultimate shaming. You should get the shaming that this cop got because you raised a school shooter. That's the ultimate failure in life. You have one job. Don't raise somebody who is going to be a mass shooter. Pretty fucking simple. This is kind of where we split 
uh, you know, a little bit, but, but, and I get your point. I really do. But I, I also think that focusing on anything other than the one who walked into the building, kicked the door in with the gun in his hand and shot yeah, yeah. up, but, but he's like it drowns it out. It just, it, it completely, I get that he's dead, but we gotta put, still, if we're going to put blame on somebody that's living, because that's what, that's the excuse, Why? right? Oh, well, he's dead. Well, then uh, let's go after the people who are living, which are his fucking parents. That's what I, that's where I was going with that. But, but yeah, yeah I, I agree uh, with you 100%. That, yeah, it, it is the piece of shit that did the, did the crime. Um, but it's, it's, I feel like we never go after that person. No, we, we, I mean, even we in really this case, don't. like, I mean, like, look at, look at the, uh, what was the school shooting in Nashville? Like, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like we, we victimize the, the thing and yeah, I, listen, I, the manifesto, I'm still waiting for the manifesto on that. I've always said from the beginning though, listen, we don't know if this dude wasn't diddled by these guys. I mean, something made yes. him snap and go after these things. Um, and I want to know what that is before I open my mouth about it. I've been very transparent about that, but I'm also at the same boat, not going to go the opposite direction and stick up for him, not knowing because that manifesto could also say, um, uh, you yeah, know, I, something else, uh, the opposite, but we're never going to know because they're not going to release the manifesto. I, I'm, I, I'm trusting the process on that one. Like, I think everybody, I think you're right. Everybody is quick to say, Oh, they just don't want to release the manifesto because it's going to make the trans community look bad and blah, blah, blah. But you don't know that. And and it could very no. well make the Christian community look bad, and it could very it could very well damage, you know, a lot of relationships or whatever. And I'm willing and, to and bet it's a sad case anyway. So I'm willing to bet something super fucked up happened at that that school. Yeah, I, I think that that's been particular child. So yeah. um, and I I've said that from the beginning. I was like, man, listen, you know, and he went after. He didn't really go after students, right? No, he did. He got. He killed two students. One was, uh, I think, uh, directly was like related the, to. Somebody. Yeah, it was like the pres, like the principal's yeah. son or something, like her daughter, or something like that. So, like, yeah. I mean, that's some like hate shit right there. Um, but I'm also not going to dabble around whether we call this thing a he or a she. I, like, once you go that level, yeah. you don't get to have pronouns and all those things. But very complicated case. I'd love to cover it if we could get a hold of the manifesto. Um, but you know, that's just not how today works. We're only transparent if it's a. If it's a police-related shooting, uh, this all works. Else, we're not gonna. This definitely all works in well with what we're going to talk about today. We've done an episode of Com Center about this, actually, but we, you know, we're going to. This is a different eye, I think, that we're going to put on this. But uh, the the main thing is, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I know it's in my heart. I know I'm not a racist. I know I'm not a homophobe. I couldn't give a shit less if you're a trans person or or whatever transvest like i don't even know what to call you anymore but i'm not afraid of calling you the wrong thing because i'm not doing it to be mean or hateful i couldn't give a shit less what you do in your bedroom i don't think you deserve an entire parade where you can you know swing your dicks around young children and i don't i i really just find it creepy that you want to defend the position to have people who are one sex dressed up as another sex and read to children i mean why that like, wh why don't you have drag story hour in in lieu of uh, open mic night at a comedy club? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a library where five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year olds run around. And, it, and don't give me this. Well, it's exposure so they won't hate later in life. That's a bunch of bullshit. Well, I think uh, that's been covered by uh, Kevin Spacey and Jeffrey Jones, um, like the big Hollywood elites that were horrific pedophiles all around yeah. the, like hitting on those kids at age of 14 and really getting like a slap on the wrist for it. Like Jerry, J like uh, the Jones dude, uh, Jeffrey Jones. I, I mean, he, he only got like five years of probation and was still doing like uh, movies and sets with fucking kids, even though he freaking 
like admitted Kevin Spacey even admitted to all the atrocities that he did with 14 year old kids. I, I think the ruling elite is influenced so much by Hollywood that they're all dabbling in this pedophile pedophilia shit. And this is their way of normalizing it. And they're letting this happen um, because they know that when the shit hits the fan, when all this Jeffrey Epstein stuff hits the fan, we're going to go into this on the new night shift <laughs> stuff. When all this Jeffrey Epstein shit hits the fan, all these dudes want like the new, like, uh, like the, right now they're trying to talk. I, I saw a thing on TikTok where they're talking about uh, that. It was only in the, the 19th century that we started putting an age on sex and the age of consent up until like 1920 was, you know, whatever. And, and, and like, this was on like, I don't know that it was in some kind of a hall uh, of professional standards. I don't know if it was Congress or Senate or whatever, but you know, the fact that they're going there and doing this research, they're really trying to normalize this stuff. Cause I think a lot, I think there's more of them than we that we think are involved in this creepy shit. And that's yeah. why they're allowing this fucking this this shit to happen. They're it's they're allowing pedophiles. Time. Yeah, and they're they're allowing pedophiles to just come right out and be pedos. I mean, have you seen that one where the dudes in his tidy whities in front of all those kids at the parade fucking yeah. twerking his nasty yeah. old fat wrinkly what, what balls? What does that have to do with You should be charged with child abuse for even allowing your chit kid to be there. You serious? I would have jumped out of my fucking lawn chair and beat the brakes off that motherfucker if he jangled his balls. If he stopped in the middle of the parade and and dangled his balls like that and twerked his balls in front of my kids, I would have got up out of my lawn chair and I would have fucking made him choke on his own sack. There, there is a, uh, a, a video that I saw the other day. It was very disturbing. It was a, <laughs> a very young child in a pool. Uh, and when I say very young, I'm talking about three or four maybe. And like an, uh, an 11 or 12-year-old girl who is grinding on this three or four-year-old boy who's behind in dog fashion, uh, but doing very adult things. Like he has seen this before. He is not, this is not new to him. So he's like grinding on her. She's grinding on him. He's like smacking her ass. And, and uh, it's, it's disgusting. It's, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? There is nothing good that is going to come from this exposure. It's not about like, oh, we need to just loosen up as a society. Bullshit. There are stuff that belongs in the bedroom and, and keep it in the bedroom. If you want to fucking, you know, if you want to keep your hand necklace on your mate and uh, w while you're having sex, that's your business. It doesn't belong in the middle of a parade, and it definitely doesn't belong at third grade fucking story hours. So the whole, what the, my whole point was this to to say all of that. It, it includes racism. Like, call me a fucking racist if you if you want. Call me what call me whatever the fuck you want. I know what I am. Like and and I also know what you are when when you've when you've lowered yourself to saying, well, I've known you for six seconds and I can tell already you're a racist. You, you don't know me. I love the I like I like it whenever I start talking about stuff and they're like, oh, that's cringe. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. It's 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 reality and the fact that you're afraid to even have an adult conversation about stuff and you just want to use the word cringe to get out of it makes you like I'm gonna I, I think we've all like stooped down to some kind of weird middle school level. I've always had a, well, I'm not going to go on that soapbox, but um, I, listen, if you want me to go to prison, let this shit happen in front of me. I was at the skate park for go skate day and some dude jumped out of a van, a grown ass man, probably mid to late thirties. I wouldn't say forties yet. Um, pasty white shirtless, hairy nippled dude wearing some kind of a capri pants with a gay pride uh, choker on a gay pride necklace and had a pink 
uh, unicorn thing that he was riding, like a, a unicorn head with a stick on it. You know, like the little kids run around, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, and he jumped out of his van. He goes up to the, the, the wrought iron fence of the skate park and he sticks the head of this thing through and starts like humping. And everybody in the skate park, I don't know if this guy thought because it was like go skate day that he could bring his gayness there and everybody was going to be like cheering from him. But all of a sudden people were like, whoa, what the fuck? Yo, what the fuck? And then I turned around and I was like, he's going to do that for about five more seconds in front of my kids before I snatch that and break it off in his asshole. And the dude kind of was like looking around and like smiling like really awkwardly, but he realized that the entire park was not having any of whatever shit he was about to bring over there. (laughs) And he hopped on over back into his van and they left. But, um, you know, I think that these these fucking wackadoodles, they think that everybody is for it because what they see on the news and they see on the media, they think that everybody is, is good with this shit. And and the only people that are good with this shit are the wackadoodles on the news in the San Francisco's and, and, and you know, in the Portland's and the Seattle's where shit's just out of control anyway. But the rest of the world, homie, that's that doesn't fly, man. That kind of perversion, creepy shit. Listen, have I gone to a drag show? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Have I have, have I dressed in drag to go to a drag show? With with my girlfriend, who's my now wife at the time, yeah. Is there pictures on my Facebook? Yes, I've done it. Would I do it in front of children? Would I do it uh, not earlier than midnight? No, absolutely not. You, you know, <laughs> right. absolutely not because there's a difference in being kinky and having a little fun, and then being a fucking pedophile weirdo. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. I this have, show is uh, definitely getting pulled down. We've said pedo like. 20 times and we well, just we talked well, about this uh we might as well go all the way in all in on it but so go I, and follow I, yeah. us on patreon guys if you want to be a if you want to hear like real <laughs> shit that we talk about and when we really want to get into these kinds of stuff, go follow us on patreon it's like three dollars a month it's the only way that we can break away from from the youtube we're gonna get demonetized for all this shit um and, and when we got demonetized uh for five months that was like I don't fifteen thousand dollars or something that we lost, you know. So if you really want freedom of speech, if you're a real believer in freedom of speech, go follow your favorite folks on Patreon, and that doesn't have to be us, but uh, that's where freedom flies these days, ish, ish. I mean, because I need to be checked, you know. I mean, watch this for a second. Speculum, they've got to. God, take why are you sample. doing this to that's me today? Thing. Check for tears, blah blah blah. Right? I mean, makes sense. And so, um, what they had said to me, it's like, well, we don't do that here. And he's talking about the gynecologist office. Why wouldn't you? Well, we don't treat trans patients. So you're discriminating against me is what you're telling me. You know, my female doctor in Toronto would have taken you in a heartbeat. Damn. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. I am pretty fucking pissed. Um, You know, it's so hard to find a fucking like a gynecologist that can like even why do you want to go to a gynecologist you don't have a vagina wait what i said uh what and you may see a real if you follow my instagram page at drew underscore b-r-e-a-s-y you may see a reel on this later uh because i i made the comment on somebody's right-wing angel or something you know like somebody's account look just because (laughs) uh just because you say you have a swimming pool doesn't obligate me as the pool company owner to come clean your pool. Like, I, I don't think that you have a swimming pool. 
I am not going to clean anything related to swimming. At <laughs> My pond identifies but, as a swimming pool. Come over I, here with your chlorine. You can, <laughs> you can cut a hole in the ground and dump fucking wastewater in it, but you you can't say, hey, you're a pool company. I I, I just can't find a pool company anywhere to come clean this fucking thing. Yeah, come clean yeah, up my Because it's not find- a pool. It's just, it's not a pool. And I I like, okay, so there may be more complications to what they're saying, what the, what that, you know, obvious transsexual is saying, um, in, in, in more, in other words, like, look, um, he, he needs for unemployment to be able to say that he's been checked as a female and blah, blah, blah. So he has to go to a gynecologist to get this clearance. But the gynecologist is saying, well, you're a transsexual. We don't treat transsexuals, blah, blah, blah. So there's this whole you know cycle of uh, he can't get benefits. But you know what? If you, um, you know, God forbid, uh, have your legs amputated, um, you, you can't you can't play. The, in the NFL, unless you make that comeback, unless you, you know, like uh, what, what, what was that Olympic guy, the Olympic sprinter with the fake legs? Uh, I, I can't think of his name. He's a, he ended up shooting his girlfriend, but um, he was from New Zealand or Australia or whatever. But look, you, you just you can't manufacture something. You can't you can't test Mother Nature like that and then expect everyone to just fall at your feet and say, oh, we should treat you the exact same way. There are there are women probably on a two month waiting list trying to get into that gynecologist's office, and this guy's complaining because he's a dude that now has a vagina that was manufactured, uh, manufactured, and you know this is where we've come in this country, and this is what I this is why I say I'm no longer afraid. We're we've got this far because we've been too afraid to say whoa 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 that's fucking crazy talk. Like leave leave that alone. You can keep that in your tight circles. Don't don't bring it out into us, right? Yeah, I can just see that guy like sitting on the like gynecologist thing. He's like, yeah, check me, yeah. Oh, check my check my dick badge. Come on, yeah, come on, gynecologist. Yeah, good. I've been waiting for this my whole life. Oh yeah, check me real good. That's Oscar. It was Oscar Pistorius. Thank you. Um, and dude, you've just got me so mad this morning. I, you know, I told my wife like five <laughs> minutes before the show. She was like, "Are you ready for today?" I was like, "Dude, actually, Drew's got the case today. I'm just sitting back and reacting. It should be a nice, relaxing morning. I got another podcast this afternoon. Um, so I think I'm, I think it's going to be a really nice morning. I'm going to do another cup of coffee so I can stay awake and and you know work the distillery tonight. Yada yada yada. And now here I am, just fucking raging. I'm gonna have to go for a run after this. Um, let me make you matter. Let, let's get right into this. Um, <sighs> so uh, this is, uh, if you'll remember our Manny Ellis breakdown, there was a, mm. uh, th- they were just about to clear everything um, in the, uh, in the, the, the local state attorney's office. There was a sheriff, I'm sorry, there was a PIO who spoke on behalf of the deputies that had responded there or at least he spoke on behalf of the agency that did the uh, investigation, which I think was Pierce County Sheriff's Office. And the the PIO was a guy named Ed Troyer. He was also the PIO during the Lakewood shootings uh, that we covered, you know, in the, the, you know, the deadly uh, winter months of uh, Seattle that we covered a couple, you know, a few months ago. So he had built this name reputation recognition and eventually he ran for sheriff and he was elected. So he was elected as uh, Pierce County Sheriff, and um, so <laughs> one night 
uh, he's in his residence, his private residence, and he um, sees headlights come up his driveway and goes outside and he's like, okay, well, what's this? It's like two or three in the morning, Ooh. something to that effect. Wait, okay, so, so like, like um, I just want to get the totality of the case because um, I'm reacting. I can't react if I don't know the totality. His driveway, is this a neighborhood? Is this? Do you know what kind of neighborhood this is? Is it like a gated community? Is it one of those neighborhoods where all the houses are on top of each other? Is it, you know? That I don't know. I know that he was, doing, he was doing a ton of remodeling apparently. And um, so that had a factor. Uh, I could tell you that later on in conversations, the sheriff said, I thought this guy had one of those clickers that was like a universal clicker and he was just trying people's garage doors because he pulled up in my driveway he pulled up in somebody else's driveway and okay and there, there there's relevance to why he's pulling into driveways in a second but okay so 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 the sheriff gets in his car he uh, he has a white tahoe it's not a sheriff's office car it's his car it's his person without car. a gun without anything and just kind of follows and finds this guy and eventually confronts him uh, on a street, a couple streets away. The guy gets out of the car. They have this confrontation, this back and forth. Come to find out, this is the newspaper delivery driver. Oh, damn it. Listen, do you know how many times I've been duped by that? I have been too. Bro, like oh my time. God. Because yeah. they drive around without their headlights on sometimes. Sometimes okay. they'll drive around with their, their flashers on. The turnaround rate to a newspaper driver is like, I had a beat, very small beat, very small beat. And it would be a different newspaper delivery person like every month. It's never the same person. So like people must be quitting that job and <laughs> they'll drive like some will drive with their flashers on and no lights, their lights with their flashers on sometimes just their lights and they'll drive on the wrong side of the road. They're, yes. they're weaving back and forth. You're like, Oh, there's a fucking drunk or they're like going down like the side, the like super dark side streets to cut over a street without their lights on. And you're like, Oh, they saw yeah. me. They're trying to elude yeah, actually, me. Uh, bro, I have done this 16 times minimum in my career. Yeah. Have I thought I've got, I'm, I'm about to get in a gun battle because this is the most nefarious character on the streets right now at two, three, four AM. And I it's can just back like, you up oh, on that. Okay. That's, the, that, that's a fact. I've done that too. I've done that probably just as many times. You get duped by it every time because sometimes they will cut their lights out for whatever reason, especially in this case. That's what this guy did. He ended up cutting his lights off uh, or turning his lights off, I guess it would be called. And um, you think like this is the witching hour for a good street cop. The witching hour is between, say, 2.30 and 4.30. Yeah, yeah, like 5 o'clock, it's rare that uh, anybody's going to commit a vehicle burglary or break into a garage or whatever. Uh, but if you're into into catching people, you know, robbing stuff, stealing stuff, robbing convenience stores or whatever, whatever it's generally going to be around that 2.30 to 4.30 uh, witching hour is what I used to call it. And that's when they deliver newspapers. So you fall for that. Uh, you'll fall for it every time. I guarantee it. Yeah, even Unless, when you know, like even when you know, as a cop, yeah. when you know that that around two, three, four in the morning, there is paper drivers out there. That's a paper driver route. So many times you get the regular newspaper person who's driving around with their flashers on and their lights on, and you can see them whipping newspapers out of their thing, and you're like, "Cool newspaper guy." But every once in a while, you'll catch one like on a side dippity doodah road with no lights on it, no flashers. And then when they see you, you know, they turn. I mean, it's like I almost think that sometimes they do it on purpose just to see if they can trick the police because 
like I said, dude, I used to get duped by them all the time, and they just they yeah. act so nefarious. Um, you but know, they don't also- normally pull into driveways. All of a sudden, you get there, and they pull into a driveway, and then they just sit there in the driveway, and you're like, oh, no, you don't get to do the whole I'm, I'm on home base. You know, why are you in this it's person's a- driveway? What are you doing in their driveway? Get out of your car. And then they don't even tell you that they're the newspaper driver until after <laughs> you've gone through half your rigmarole. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a very common issue. And the, the newspaper delivery driver never understands why you don't understand that. And and it's it's also um, think of also when the newspaper delivery driver that runs that route has the night off. <laughs> And they just hand the, they pass, the news has to get delivered. So they pass the torch to a buddy or a family member or whatever. And they're looking at the list as they're driving down the road and they're all over the, you know, it it happens. It's happened more than once. So what the sheriff did was he jumped in his personal car unarmed, confronted this guy, came to uh, face to face and the confrontation started from there. So the guy, so what this becomes the, he said, he said, part of this, what the sheriff said is, um, he said, I, I think he even identified himself at one point and said, I'm the sheriff. And the guy said, I know who you are. Mm. I know where you live. And oh. so he said, oh, so in the heat of the moment, this guy who's angry because he feels like he's being targeted because he's black, not because he's, you know, riding suspiciously in a neighborhood, though he thinks he's just, you know, doing his job, which is fine. I get it. Um, he says uh, that um, I'll take you out. He says, I'll take you out. The sheriff says, okay, it's, it's now, now it's a different ball game. You've just kind of threatened me. I don't, I'm not comfortable with this. Gets on the horn, does not call 911, calls a non-emergency, probably ringing, you know, we had a, I don't want to give away the number, but we had a non-recorded line that supervisors, deputies, the command staff, they all knew the phone number and it rang right on the comp center supervisor's desk. And it's just a, like a, almost, a, it's not an unofficial thing, but it's, it's a, it's a direct line to a supervisor. Like, Hey, I need something. I, I need something done. Or I've, I have a question for you. Right. But answer. you're not tying up the 911 dispatchers. Exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. Nor, nor are you assuming that you're going to get an emergency response when you do that. But uh, see, when I, we is. have that in Raleigh, we have a non-emergency number, but it still goes to dispatch, but it just lets dispatch know that it's non-emergency. Yeah, we have that too. I mean, you, you call 813-247-8200 in Hillsborough County, that's going to go to the non-emergency lines. If right. you dial 911, it's going to go straight to 911. Right. We had an, a dedicated extension, so to speak, gotcha. that if you dialed 813-247 in these four numbers, it would go right to the, the, the desk. So he did something similar to that. Let's listen to what his actual call was. Radio. Hey, it's Okay, so the guy answers, radio. He says, hey, it's Troyer. What can I do for you? I'm at 27 in Deidre in Tacoma in North End. About two blocks from my house, and I caught somebody in my driveway who just threatened to kill me, and they blocked him in. He's here right now. Okay. Go again with your address. But, well, my address is... Okay. And he's in some Redacted. sort of gray car, and he was in my driveway, in my neighbor's driveway, and he knows who I am, and he threatened to kill me, and I got him blocked in. Okay. I think it's okay. played is I really need just one or two people here first. Absolutely. Uh, I'm getting the call right now. Hang on. He's not going to let me leave. Okay. Does he have a gun or anything? 
I have no idea. He looked homeless in his car, but he was in my driveway, and I got my car, and, and he was in my neighbor's driveway, tried to get my garage. Okay. Yeah, and so I got him blocked in. I'm in a white Tahoe. Okay. My own personal white Tahoe. He's taking pictures and video on me. Okay. I've got units headed your way. I just need one or two to equip. He was in my neighbor's houses and climbing. Sorry, but. No, you're good. I I think they found me. All right. Okay, stay on the phone with me, though, okay? Just so I can make sure. I don't want to hang up. I'm trying to back up and let him go, but he blocked me. Okay. What kind of car is he in? Um, I don't know. Some sort of beat up, charcoal, homeless okay. looking beyond. I gave you the plate number. Yeah, homeless yeah. looking. Black I'm going to be polite to him, and he just says I'm a racist and wants to kill me. So. Okay. I don't want anything other than him to let me just let me go home, which is two right. blocks away, which I just came out of my house. Anybody else with him, Chief? No. No. I'm not mad at him or anything, but he... Okay. I, he, I think he might have one of those garage door openers because he pulled into four or five different houses around the neighborhood. Inside. All right. I, I'm going to cut it here just to save time. This uh, we, we have people from the Pacific Northwest in our chats, mainly Abby, who I trust uh, implicitly. Uh, she's saying this never made it to the news, by the way. What did make it to the news is the fact that the attorney general, uh, they said, uh, it's, I'm going to read the statement. Washington attorney, uh, attorney general submitted charging documents filing misdemeanor charges against Pierce County a- a Sheriff Ed Troyer. Troyer is charged with one count of false reporting and one count of making a false or misleading statement to a public servant. Which so one was, was charged one? for this? What's that? What was his misleading statement? Okay, what they're what they're predicating this on is the fact that when so Eric, you say you're the sheriff of of Nottingham where you live mm-hmm. or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. uh, Clayton, and you call and you're like, hey man, somebody just showed up in my driveway. I, I I'm I'm safe, my family's safe, but you know, like I, I just I got a description of him. I'm standing right here looking at him. Can you just send me one or two guys to? help me check them out, do a street check or, or an FIR, you know, what, whatever yeah. you guys call it. Uh, very reasonable in my opinion. Like you want that guy identified because there are special circumstances for police officers when it comes to this thing, they're unwritten, but y- you think you, you have to think the worst when somebody shows up to your house, you've put people in prison for the rest of their lives. You've uh, potentially been involved in shootings where you've killed one of their family members. It's natural for you to think, why is somebody sh- is completely strange showing up to my door at two in the morning or showing up in my driveway? I don't think that that's unreasonable, and I don't think that the public will ever understand that. But we as cops, we all get that. And when you see a call come across your CAD screen, now let's transition to you being uh, Officer Eric Tanzi. You see, uh, hey, the sheriff of Nottingham County says he's got a suspicious vehicle stopped that was in his driveway for unknown reasons. The cavalry is coming. It doesn't matter that he's asking for one or two, and that's exactly what he did. He said, I just want one or two guys out here. Let's, let's not make this a big deal. 
it doesn't matter what he says at that point. Everyone's like, oh, shit, somebody's threatening the sheriff. Now, let's look at the bigger picture here. I, I said this before on the show. I'll say it again. I had the distinct honor, privilege, and, and uh, whatever you want to call it, to be the protector of the sheriff of Hillsborough County during the 2012 RNC, during the Republican National Convention. I was at his right side for, for most of the convention. My thought and theory on this whole thing, on this whole matter, was if we cannot show the world, specifically the United States of America, that we can't keep our um, sheriff protected, we are sending the message that we can't keep them protected. So I took that responsibility to the nth degree. I still to this day would dive in front of a, a, a flying bullet for that guy because I love him to death. His name is David G. He's retired. Uh, I, I, I love the current sheriff too, by the way, but I, I, would, I would still fly. But, but the point is this, if you're a cop and you see another cop is like under attack or needs help, or you better drop what you're doing and you better go find out what's going on. The response was overwhelming like a hundred cars started responding until the first few cars got there and said, whoa, 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 we got it. It's under control. Everything's under control. Yeah. Because you're sitting on your radio and you start seeing two dudes go to the sheriff's. All right. So like, let, let me just break this down for the civilians here. We're sitting in our cop car. It's four o'clock in the morning and you have a computer that says where everybody is in the city. And if somebody's on a call, they become red. Their names will be red. Right. So if, if everybody on the, the squad is in green and then all of a sudden either it's going to come out on the radio and dispatch and everybody's going to hear it and it'll sound something like this 424 baker we've got a call at the sheriff's house it's going to be 150 jessica you know lane let's go ahead and get two units out there it looks like somebody is threatening him and you know blah blah now if that happens everybody's like what threatening our sheriff oh hell no now they might not do that they might send just an mct message which is a computer message to two units that says hey here's the call the sheriff's requesting two people and go now all of a sudden you're sitting in your cop car falling asleep and you hear like a bink bink and you look down and two squad cars have become red that means they're on the car and you're like huh what do they got and you click it and it's like headed towards oh, the sheriff's shit. office and all the call notes are in there. You're still going to be like, oh, what? No, not our share. You go, okay, I'm going. And everybody's going to go. So there is no way and there's no chance in hell that if you're chief or your sheriff, I hated our chief. I thought she was worthless. But if somebody was threatening her or attacking her or somebody was at her house at four o'clock in the morning, I'm still going. I'm still going to go and protect her. My argument will always be you're going to get that kind of you're, you're going to get a similar response at four in the morning from the very proactive street cops. So, in other words, if two people are dispatched to just some Joe average citizen's house for a prowler, two ca two cars are dispatched, you're probably going to get six or seven. Yeah, that, for sure. Because sure. like, nobody's got anything going on at two or four in the morning and everybody right. knows that this asshole is going to run. And so yeah, we might as well go ahead and start. And Let's yeah. go ahead and start getting the perimeter set up. And plus, you just don't want to fall asleep behind the church because, you know, you've, nobody feels good about that. Um, right. oh, well, uh, <laughs> we some, all do but it. but Some didn't feel good about that. But I mean, I, I, don't, I, I, I felt just fine back there. But, you know, like for me, um, I f you know, these newspaper delivery folks, they always, not always, but a lot of the times, like I told you before, I feel like they lure us in, like they want to be pulled over <laughs> because they do shit. Like the rig, they, 
you know, like I said, nine times out of 10, they're throwing wildly newspapers out the car doors, driving regular. But then every once in a while, you got them with their lights off. And I get it. They're trying to be polite and stuff like that. But at four o'clock in the morning in a neighborhood, uh, when your lights off and you're just cruising in a nefarious looking vehicle, and there's a such thing as a nefarious looking vehicle, <laughs> yes, um, you know, and, you, you know, and the way to do that is like, if you just say, like, hey, I'm the newspaper delivery person, I have my credentials. Cause they all have these like stupid little fucking necklaces that say, you know, us mail or New York times or whatever. <laughs> they all have them. Just say, I yeah. have my credentials. I'm with the newspaper. The um, I'm with the Raleigh times, yeah. but you know, in this case, I guarantee you this guy just wants to get a paycheck and that's what it all comes down to. That's what a lot of this shit comes down to is I think I'm going to get a paycheck. And I think if I resist, there's a chance that this is going to make national news. I, I do think that, that that might be an element in it. I, I think that this is, I think that he genuinely thinks that he was stopped because he was black. I'll, I'll show you know what we're about to see the body cam footage, and it's it's going to enrage you a little bit. But okay. uh, I, I think he genuinely is feels the cop a that. Dick? No, no. As a matter okay. of fact, they are very uh, well. Here, how about this? Um, you think hey, keep your hands where we can see him. hands on the steering wheel because society has conditioned you to tell you i'm a racist then fuck you no because he called saying that i don't care what he calls okay. for he's following me okay we'll figure we'll everything talk to him. out we will need you to figure out nothing i am working we will figure i everything. am working okay i'm a black yeah. male in a white neighborhood and i'm working that has nothing to do with that yeah it okay? does no. he's following me okay what? he's getting out of the way okay okay he's still following me we will figure that out. If yeah, get the fuck away from me. I don't care how many cops show up. He's following me. Fuck, I don't give a fuck. I know he's a fucking cop. See? He knows he's the sheriff. He knows he's a cop. You need how many cops for a fucking newspaper carrier? Oh, you guys are some badasses. I swear to God, you guys are badasses. Okay. Stop yes. reaching for stuff, dude. I'm not reaching for shit. And don't keep your hands on the steering my, wheel. My hands haven't moved off the steering wheel. Okay, can I explain it? No, I don't need nothing to be explained to me. I'm being followed. Okay. He called the cops. Congratulations. Yes. yes. I'm coming to and from a house. Ooh, he's committing a crime. He's black. No one's he's black. Okay. He's black. I'm going to explain. Oh, I'm going to explain. I'm why doing my here. fucking okay. paper route. This is where I say I don't have a doubt that he feels that way because society has conditioned him to feel that way. That's not the case. Uh, you know, right. You've got your seat jacked all the way fucking back <laughs> like you're about to do a drive-by shooting so you can hide behind your A-pillar. And you 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 know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, you don't want people to think you're a fucking shady character at 4 o'clock. Like, if I'm the newspaper delivery dude, like, I'm making it obvious that I'm the newspaper delivery guy. You know what I mean? And if a cop gets behind me, I'm literally going to like dangle a newspaper out my fucking window. So then the cop could be like, ah, ah, newspaper guy. And then go about your business. But when you try to lure me in by doing this nefarious shit, you're doing it because you want that attention because you want this paycheck. This guy knows what he's doing. Okay. This guy knows what he's doing. Big picture time. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I I don't think it's any secret. I heart Brandon Tatum. I'm a big, I'm a big Brandon Tatum fan. Uh, And he won me over. I'll tell you when he was on Dave Rubin's show, like, many 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 years ago and he explained how he flipped from being this guy this exact guy into being brandon tatum he said that when he got to college he realized 
white people don't care. Nobody cares. It's it's the community that is making us believe that everything they do is racially motivated and everything they do is ra- is based on being black and and it's not. Like the sheriff is just like there's a suspicious car. He couldn't even tell what the who the driver was, male, female, black, white. He followed it rightfully like any other citizen would or should have and uh, i'll tell you what if that were a regular citizen that had done that and he were a burglar we would have written him the commendation it didn't matter if the the driver's black this guy is conditioned to believe that sheriff troyer is only following him because he's black and knows so why is he pulling into his driveway well that's another good question because here's the deal the sheriff subscribes to the digital edition of the paper He doesn't subscribe to the paper paper. So there was no reason for him to be in that driveway. This guy was probably using it as a U-turn or whatever. And, um, and that's what alerted the sheriff in the first place. So then, but he said he's, he pulled into the neighbor's driveways as well. Well, yeah, but he was probably throwing the paper there. Yeah, Uh, but they don't fucking throw the paper by pulling in the driveway. They throw the fucking paper out. But I, I don't know how it's built, Eric. I don't know if it's a cul-de-sac, so he has to pull you, into it. You know what I'm saying? You. So, uh, okay, so let's let's watch a little okay, more of this before that. we get I see all the papers angry. in your car. Yeah, okay? congratulations. He just called saying that someone threatened his life. That's why we're here, okay? Yeah, I threatened his life so, because I walked up to him and asked him why he's following me. You're not under arrest. Can you step out of the I don't car? Need to be I walked arrest. up to him. That's dumb. Appreciate it. You're going to okay. arrest no, me? No, I'm not going to arrest Come sit right here, okay? I'm working. Sit on the bunker. You keep yelling, nobody's gonna leave. This is the second time this shit happened to me. Yeah, see? Okay, stop, 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 stop. This is the second time this has happened to me. Then you should know better, motherfucker. (laughs) You should know better. You should be like, yo, hey, before you run up on my car, I know why you're following me. You think I'm doing something nefarious? I'm not. I'm the newspaper carrier. Oh, well, I don't don't have a a, a thing. Why are you pulling in my driveway? I have the digital thing. Look, I know it looks bad, but I was just turning around because I'm done with this route and I got to head out. Like, sorry that you know, but like literally you can check my car, bro. You know what I mean? I'd be so humbled, you know, so humbled to to explain myself. Um, it, it's it's ridiculous, man. It's like this yeah. kind of behavior is, and, and we tolerate it, we celebrate it, and we pay people like this out, people that take advantage of of their minority. You know, they take advantage of the situation. To get yeah, a payout, well, I, and we celebrate it and give them a payout. It's like when we when we did a search warrant on the house um, where this woman's eleven year old son had been charged three times in one week for having three different stolen firearms and discharging them in the city, and we do a a search warrant because he has shot rounds off again a fourth time and then retreated into the house, and all the neighbors saw it, and so we get a search warrant for the house, and we hit the house, and as we knock on the door and nobody wants to answer it. And we can hear them pitter pattering through the house. And so we hit the door with the Ram and their pit bull runs out and gets smoked. Literally like it runs out the door, out into the street and hit within three seconds. And the city paid her out like 60 grand for this dog. It's their fault. This dog got hit. It's not our fault. It's not our fault that you allowed your kid four times in one week to possess 
a firearm. It's not our fault that you didn't answer the door when we knocked on it and we're forced to bang in your door. None of that is our fault, but we've paid them $60,000. So guess what the next person in the next house next door are going to do? The next gang member. They're going to resist because they know that they, they one day know that an 11-year-old is not going to juvie for having a firearm and not shooting somebody with it. It's just not going to happen in the city of Raleigh. So nothing's going to happen, and we're going to get a $60,000 payout. But I, I really wish you would just approach that with an umbrella, Eric. Actually, that's what kind of started that whole fucking uh, that whole freaking thing about the umbrellas, um, because right. the city didn't appreciate having to pay sixty thousand dollars out. You know, it was but, cheaper uh, to buy umbrellas than to pay out the sixty grand. Well, yeah, you know, but this guy, he, I've been there before. This has already happened to me. Yeah, it's happened to you because you're yes. nefarious as fuck, man. It has nothing to do with your color of your skin or anything. You're driving around in a nefarious ass car at three o'clock in the morning in a neighborhood and you're pulling into people's driveways that you don't belong in. I'm sorry, yeah. you don't belong in that sheriff's driveway. Even if you wanted to you do a U-turn, you still don't belong there. You're the right. one that's still imposing on his property. Let me come to your house, motherfucker, and do a U-turn in your driveway. I guarantee you, you're going to come out ratchet as fuck and be like, why are you pulling in my driveway why are you pulling my driveway this is my driveway get out of my driveway i've heard this shit a thousand times but he's also inconsolable like i, I can tell you this i can i, I can empathize the most i i, I actually Dude, i saw this, this at the skate park i just you. did this on uncuffed i literally just did this on uncuffed we were at the skate park this dude accidentally dropped in on another guy the guy that dropped in had just got to the park he had coffee and a donut in his hand hadn't even had his first cup of coffee and a donut black guy if that matters and this other black guy was trying to do a rail goes in and yells at this other dude and the other goes like yeah dog my bad i didn't see you dropping in. he's like what you mean you didn't see me dropping in what you mean you didn't see me dropping in? he's like yo dog i just got here i've had my first cup of coffee he's like yo you know there's rules at motherfucking skate park you know there's fucking rules at a skate park you know this shit and he's like yo bro i'm sorry bro i'm sorry he's like what you mean you sorry bro you get motherfucker killed bro and he's like i'm sorry man i don't know what to tell you follows him up and down for another five minutes then the guy sits down and eats his donut and he was like motherfucker coming up in here not look at both ways just dropping he's like yo stop I said, I'm sorry. I almost was like, hey, dude, how long are we going to do this all day until this motherfucker wants to fight you? Because it's been five minutes. And he said he's sorry 15 times. But you keep going with this shit. What's the end outcome? Like, what are you looking for? And I really do think in a lot of these cases that they want to fight. That's all it is. They don't well, care yeah. about I, the sorry. They don't care about your apology. They want to yeah. fucking start shit because they want shit to go down. For whatever reason it is, it makes no sense to me. I don't understand that part of the culture of inner city culture. We don't have that out here in the country. You pull into my driveway and I say, yo, what are you doing out of my driveway? And they're like, hey, hey, hey sorry, man. I'm in the wrong neighborhood. I'm trying to get to the next neighborhood. I thought this was Valley Creek. Okay, yeah, man. Well, Valley Creek's like right over there. If you want to cut through, actually, there is a cut through. It's back in neighborhood. Just go up there and take a left. Okay, man. Thanks a lot. All right. If you need anything else, hit me up. Like, you know what I mean? That's the country culture. All this right, inner the, city culture is just like off the charts, man. Everybody wants to fight and stab and get to shooting right away. It's crazy. From the cop standpoint, I can tell you this. Like I, I do empathize <sighs> with done this. it to me, Drew. You fucking made me mad today. <laughs> I do empathize with this guy that because I'm telling you, society has conditioned him to be this way. I, I get what he's saying in the sense that he he is not here, he's not gonna listen to anything you say. I've also been in the cops' shoes where you are just trying to rationalize with somebody who is not going to be rationalized with. And, you know, like, I, you can't be any more sincere than this guy is being. Like, just, okay, relax. I don't care what's in your car. We're not here for that. Just calm down. 
And this is all about de-escalation, de-escalation, de-escalation. Well, who's escalating this in this situation? And who ends up, not, not in this case, but more often than not, who ends up getting shot? Not the people de-escalating. It's, it's the people de-escalating are reacting to what's, being, what's happening. Then it becomes a matter in the news of, well, they need more de-escalation training. The <laughs> fuck we do. We, we, this is, there's plenty of de-escalation that go on. Now, I'm not going to tell you there's not plenty of escalation that goes on because there is. There's, oh, sure. It's, it's not even a I've been guilty secret. Of that. I've, but, been guilty. I've been guilty of that. Sure. But you can't you can you can try until you're blue in the face to effectively communicate with this guy. And this cop does a phenomenal job. We, we don't have time to play the whole thing. We, he does a phenomenal job at finally getting him to to calm down, to listen to what he's saying, to rationalize with him and get him on his way. And that's all they want to do. It's not about, you know, like you have the obligation to kind of stop this guy and see why he's pulling in people's driveways at two in the morning. Once you figure out he's a newspaper carrier and you don't have the right to detain him anymore, then he goes. The problem in the twist in this whole thing is the sheriff said, well, he threatened me. And he did. He said something to the effect, and the sheriff even testified to it. He said something to the effect of, I will take you out. The sheriff's testimony on the stand was, was something similar to, well, I didn't think he meant on a date. Yeah. So, so is that, is that, it, it, would that not, if the sheriff said that to this newspaper car- carrier, if, he, if the sheriff said, I'll take you out, would that not be, oh my God, that sheriff threatened to kill me. He threatened to shoot me right in the head. Like, so it only works one way for some reason. So let's, let's look, uh, let's hang on. Let's do this one. Six witnesses take the stand in the high-profile case against Pierce County Sheriff Ed Troyer. He's charged with two misdemeanor counts from an incident last January. Thanks for joining Insane. us. I'm David Rose. And I'm Jamie Tompkins. Today we're learning what led up to a massive police response over a man delivering newspapers. Fox 13's Frankie Thompson is at the courthouse in Pierce County with the very latest this afternoon. Frankie? One of the six testimonies today was from a South Sound 911 dispatcher. Through her tears, she tells the court about the quick decision she made to dispatch several Tacoma police officers to help she didn't Sheriff dispatch. Ed Troyer on January 27, 2021. Sheriff Ed Troyer called South Sound 911 on a law enforcement only line, claiming Cedric Alzheimer, a black newspaper carrier, was threatening to kill him. That information was given to Lee Heiberg, another dispatcher who put a priority call out to Tacoma police officers to help Troyer. What was your reaction to learning that Sheriff Troyer wanted only one or two cars? That at the point of which he was wanting one or two cars was way further down the phone call and we were way past that point. Heiberg is full of emotion when Troyer's defense attorney questions how she handled the call and why 40 officers were dispatched instead of one or two like Troyer requested. Heiberg said she had to make the decision based on her experiences with previous officer help calls. When an officer needs help call, we have nothing except for that he needs help. And while they are responded to the same, they're different in information. One has a wealth of information for the most part, and one just has nothing. Officer Zach Hobbs was one of the first to arrive on scene and asked Troyer about the encounter with Alzheimer. Hobbs says he forgot to press record on his body camera during that talk, but did after returning to his partner. The video and audio is played in court. I can hear myself saying that he said he was threatened 
or threatened with something at first, and then he didn't say he was threatened the second time. Did Schumacher ever, in your presence, deny being threatened by Altimer? Deny no. it? No. Okay. Did he ever backtrack any statement about being threatened that you heard? No. Darren Steiner owns the newspaper distribution company that Alzheimer works for. The defense notes that Alzheimer had about 4,000 customer complaints against him from 2021 to November 2022. <laughs> defense attorneys say after the scene was cleared, Alzheimer returned to Troyer's house about two hours later to deliver a newspaper. Sergeant Mike Blair, who also responded to the scene, says Troyer called him after Alzheimer's paper delivery. He wanted me to find out what paper carrier the guy worked for and i said i'm i'm not going to do that did you say why he wanted you to do that no why did you decide not to do that because i didn't want to start another investigation okay. um it was tacoma's call um they'd handled it lieutenant robert stark says he also responded to the scene saying at the end of the call he reviewed the report an officer filed of the encounter were you aware that at that time sheriff troyer did not take any newspapers physically at the house no okay did anybody look into that do you know no and we can expect to hear more of those questions tomorrow as prosecutors say cedric altimer will testify to tell his version of what happened last all right, so let, let me... Uh, 4,000 complaints? <laughs> what? All right, on top of that, I, I mean, you know, like, I've been in these positions um, before where, you know, you handle sensitive cases like this uh, for judges, for sheriffs, or whatever. And, yeah, they make they make requests like that. Like, hey, find out who... Uh, find out what paper carrier he works for. And that sergeant is like, no, I'm not going to do that. And, and it, because I, I didn't want to open another investigation. Well, the sheriff, the sheriff's asking for a reason. The sheriff has a relationship with all of the media people in the area. He was a PIO before that. He wants to call this guy's boss and say, look, this is what happened. You guys are now painting me as a racist. And it's, it's shitty what you're doing. And it's your employee that started this. It's your contractor that started this whole thing. So knock it off. And he should have a right to do that. I, I think any any citizen should have a right to be able to find out what company the guy works for. Yeah, I but mean, that was, that's like that, that. That guy right there, the way he answered that, is that political police officer poisoning the profession? Like, yeah. that dude just wants to get promoted. And that guy just, you know, he sees that if I can get this sheriff out, then I'm going to get a promotion. And, and yeah, and, and it's it, like, so there's another officer that testified that's that. that the, the actual detective that in my opinion screwed this up i could have it wrong but he screwed this up because he's the one that created this doubt or that uh the sheriff somehow recanted his thought of yeah and how about this like have we not like be, just because somebody is a newspaper delivery man does that mean that they can't be breaking into houses that that are targets that's of true. opportunity like that's true i i, I just i i we've gone away from and you and i think alike on the from the street cop sense stop him and find out what he's doing i mean you have the you have the the uh, legal standard to do so you know was he committing was do you have reasonable belief that he was about to commit a crime or had just committed a crime well yeah and and you can ask him questions and then let him go when you when you're when your fear is dispelled it's that simple but we've lost that for some reason in the profession we're like ooh we got to go hands off oh my god he's black we're not allowed to we're definitely not allowed to talk to him now and of course this guy got on to a press conference or not a press con a conference he was interviewed i think in his attorney's office where they played the 
the body cam and they played the sheriff's statement. And of course, the tears are flowing down his face about how he is discriminated against because he's black and the good the sheriff followed him because he's black. And, oh, and it's, it's all a big setup for a lawsuit. And it, and, it, it it, and that's what it ended up and, being. Yeah, I was going to say, I, this motherfucker is going to get paid. And um, because that's just the way we work in 2023, dude. So there was an issue that uh, that occurred. It's hard to they be started- objective. It's hard to be objective in this when you know, when, when, when you've when you've actually experienced it, when you've when you've worked in this kind of environment and you've seen this kind of ex. Um, when you when you've seen this kind of escalation coming from people and you know that they just want to pay out it, it's you know it's so juvenile middle school kind of behavior it's you've ruined my day by the way yeah i, I i'm glad that was my goal uh, hold on this this should help you <laughs> i can't even do a bald eagle impression right now i'm so mad um <laughs> You know, and, right. and the fact that the cities cave and the fact that the media caves, I mean, what justice does this do anyone? Like it they didn't they didn't flood because a dude was delivering newspapers. That's not the truth. The truth is is that they heard that he threatened the sheriff. I still haven't gotten to the proof that this guy hasn't threatened the sheriff yet. Well, and and then if there is a if there is a civil judgment, uh, I think the case is still going on. But if there is a civil judgment, this is not payment because he was discriminated against. This is payment so he will shut up about it. That's that's all it is. I mean, it's let's, let's call it a, a, you know, let's call it what it is. Court trust, Mr. Troyer. All right. So there's a whole different twist to this story. That question was at the center of a hearing involving Pierce County in Pierce County Superior Court. Troyer was back in court today to hear a motion to revoke his conditions of release. You may remember the state attorney general's office had charged Troyer with two misdemeanors, including falsifying a report after an altercation with newspaper carrier Cedric Alzheimer last year. That's when Troyer called 911 saying his life was in danger, but then recanted. And he, knows who I am. he never recanted. As part of that case, Troyer was ordered not to contact Alzheimer. But in today's hearing, the judge said an alleged interaction with Alzheimer in April was part of a pattern of intimidation. The judge commented that Troyer's position in the sheriff's department makes him one of the most powerful people in Pierce County. Given Troyer's past behavior, the judge contemplated how safe Alzheimer could be from Sheriff Troyer. Troyer's decision to repeatedly violate this court's conditions of release and to unlawfully harass Mr. Alzheimer present what the court sees as a high potential for lethality. Mr. Alzheimer may not be safe given the record presented in this court. Towards the end of the hearing, Troyer was almost put in handcuffs. The judge ordered that Troyer be taken into custody until he posted bail of $100,000. Troyer's attorney argued that putting Troyer into custody was nothing short of humiliation and demanded that Troyer gets time to post bail. It's not about the $100,000 because if that's all it was, posting it satisfies the court's concern. What you're looking to do is a perp walk. That's what you're attempting to do here. And there's no place in the judicial system for that. That is what you are looking to do. You're looking to humiliate him, and there's nothing in the court rules or case law that says that's appropriate. I, I'm so glad that that attorney stuck up for him. Like that—that that is so. So essentially, what happened is this: this got into the hands of this Asian woman judge that. Um, took offense that Sheriff Troyer didn't show up to a hearing via Zoom, that he was on vacation and she took offense to it. Her, his attorney told him not to show up or whatever. And, so and she's it, like, how many times does that happen where your attorney's like, yeah, you don't need to be here yeah, for that? Always, like, always. it's just going to be a Zoom thing. You, you know what I mean? Like, it happens right. so often. And if they do need you, 
Dane, like it's never, there's never any drama behind it. It's just like, no. Hey, like you have to be here. Where are you so at? Oh, I'm on vacation. Okay. Well, we're going to reschedule this. So she admonished him. She embarrassed him on the record. She made him look like he was a common criminal. That's their goal. And then there was some funky stuff going on where this, uh, this guy was being followed. So uh, naturally, who knows if the sheriff was behind it, then he did do something wrong. But if he wasn't behind it, then whatever. I mean, maybe they're just trying to dig up dirt on this, uh, on this guy. So they had this hearing. The judge is like, okay, fine. I, I give me a good reason not to throw you in jail. And then, okay, well then post your hundred thousand dollar bond and, and, and put handcuffs on him and take him away. And that defense attorney is like, no, no, no bullshit. If you just want your $100,000 bond, I'll give you the $100,000. But what you're trying to do, what you want is a perp walk. You just want for show, you want to be able to say, I put that sheriff in handcuffs over this, over this. This is what I don't understand. This is a manufactured case. This These is are not misdemeanors. They're misdemeanors and they're, they're bullshit at best. So if we had charged the com, if the shoe were on the other foot, and we had we had charged this newspaper carrier driver with two misdemeanors, do you think that we would be in the same standing? No, we wouldn't no. be having the same conversation. We would be having a conversation about how racist society is, how it's a two-tier justice system, and blah blah blah. Uh, well, it is a two-tier justice system, and it's not t- it's not point. tipping the way that everyone seems to want to think. Here's the uh, let's I mean, earlier in the day. Take a look at the verdict. Two years since that original incident, the court testimonies went on for about two weeks, and a jury made a decision in just a few hours. This hearing, these answers, and this results are something that the people of Pierce County have been waiting for for a while. Is this the verdict of the entire jury? Not guilty. Wednesday, a jury decided. Boom! Let's go. Not guilty. Did not make false reports. Boom! Let's go. Nearly two years ago. Back in USA, dude. Oh, I thought that this guy was going to be found guilty, and I was going to fight. I was going to a confrontation with newspaper delivery person Cedric Altai. Dozens of police arrived on. See, see how they edit that selectively edit that, and he threatened to kill me. Then let him go. Reports say Troyer told a responding Tacoma police officer he had not been threatened. The attorney general's office filed charges That's against defense attorney right there. for false reporting and misstatements after Governor Jay Inslee referred the case to the office. For nearly two years, the entire community of Pierce County waited for answers. Those answers came Wednesday following the jury's decision. I reached out to the AG's office to comment on the not guilty ruling. They provided a statement which reads, in part, part of upholding the rule of law is respecting the decision of a jury. Fox 13 News also reached out to Troyer, who provided this exclusive statement. If the AG had made me part of the investigation instead of the target, we wouldn't be here. As sheriff, I'm very grateful to the jury for their hard work and for their just verdict. The media made me out to be a racist, and the AG's office made me out to be a liar. Neither are true. All right. Yeah. So, so here's what I'm saying. Like, so he's, so this reporter is like, whoo, two long years. This whole community has been on edge. Okay. Let's think about two long years of Sheriff Ed Troyer's wife. Who's like, you're not a racist. You're not a liar. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, he made a statement on some uh, show that I think his wife is Pacific Islander or, or something. Like, so th- they made it sound like he was discriminatory, that he acted. And, and this is the same kind of concept I, I, I feel for, um, um, what's his name, Scott Peterson as well. Four and a half years he's been sitting on the edge of his seat. A lot of people are like, good, fuck him. He should have been sitting on the edge of his seat for four and a half years. Uh, sleepless nights, his family's affected, his whole outer family, his friends are affected. Same with uh, Sheriff Ed Troyer. Family, friends are affected. You got this, the weight of the world hanging on your shoulders over some stupid bullshit that, that the state wants to overcharge. Now, Scott Peterson's a little bit different. And it, and it pains me. It makes me angry when I see people like the guy in our comments that's like, so what do you guys think about Scott Peterson not being held accountable? Motherfucker, he was charged. Like, what are you saying? Are you saying Derek Chauvin wasn't held accountable? He's in prison. Are you saying that Ed Troyer wasn't held accountable? He was tried for two misdemeanors. We're held accountable. Like, don't give me that shit. We are all held accountable. And even in this, especially in this environment. But yes, Eric, to make your day, it was not guilty because the jury saw through the bullshit. That's great. And, uh, you know, it's great. And um, it's good for law enforcement. Like I said, uh, those are two good cases, man. I I was excited yesterday when... um, when Peterson was found not guilty, I, I do not think that that's a crime. I think it's a dangerous road to go down that should never have really gone. Like we should never have gone down that road to begin with. Um, uh, but here we are, man. A lot of stuff got overturned this week, man. We're about to go. Uh, we're about to pre-record uncuffed today. I think we're doing that at like three thirty. If you guys want to jump back on the YouTubes and watch uh, Jay Durrell and I, we're going to be talking about the Supreme Court's new rulings um, with the college, uh, with the, with the colleges. And also with the um, what was the other thing the Supreme Court just ruled on today? Breaking um, the uh, student loans. Oh yeah, the student loan shit got shot down. So yeah, we're gonna be covering all of that here in about two hours. Uh, we'll be back on the YouTube's. That's just pre-recording for um, Monday's night show because we're all gonna be on vacation. There will be no Tuesday night shift um, because it's Fourth of July, and uh, and we want you guys to be with your families. Um, uh, Chris, we did a whole breakdown on this, dude. It's uh, he says, I guess I think he should have been trying to find the shooter. Um, I think that what came out in court is that he was trying to find the shooter. And I think that once you know the totality of the circumstances, knowing that, you know, the echoes, um, the call came out that the shooter was on the football field. Um, that was not even true, but that's where he, you know, if that's what he was told that the shooting was coming from, you know, there's absolutely room for a lapse in, in judgment of what to do like well okay somebody's shooting at the at the football field so i should go over there but wait a minute i hear shots coming from over here and there's a lot that goes on in these things and um the media ran with this as they always do in all of these cases and they make somebody look to be something completely different than what they really were and and the fact that nobody wants to take the cop's side of the story or listen to what he has to say um, and I think if you go back and you listen to our old episode, is it a coward to be a criminal? I mean, is it criminal to be a coward? And then if you actually watch the trial, you'll see why he's found not guilty uh, of, of all of these things. You'll see why he's not not guilty, because what you heard in the media is not true. And we have to stop doing this. We have to stop. Cher- mainstream media is not going to tell you the truth in any of these cases um, or, or they're gonna, not going to give you enough to they're not going to give you enough to make a objective and reasonable decision based on these things, which is why we do this show because we feel like, 
you know, there's so many, there's so many ways to be wrong in this case. If you heard me go through this particular case, I even said, well, was the cop being a dick? You've got to hear all sides of the story before you can come up with something objective. Um, you can't just go on what the media feeds you. The, the media wants him to be a coward. The media wanted this cop uh, to be a racist. Uh, the media wants all of these things. They wanted Kyle Rittenhouse to be a racist. They wanted uh, they still Sergeant Mattingly to be a racist. They, they still that's do. what they want. They still want that. Um, and, and when you hear Sergeant Mattingly's story, you'll realize that Breonna Taylor wasn't asleep. You'll realize that Breonna Taylor wasn't an EMT. You'll, you know, you realize all these things, you know, that there was a two year active investigation with two dead bodies that came back to the Breonna Taylor case. I mean, there's a lot that goes into these things. And so we can't, you know, we have to just, we have to, as a society, even as officers and first responders, not get sucked into this kind of mainstream media, you know, yeah. Rhetorics and that's how I started this, Eric. This is exactly what I'm saying. It, it starts with us. It's grassroots. It's not not necessarily failure to stop, but it starts with, you know, a guy named Drew Breezy who gets on his Instagram and says, "I don't give a fuck if you call me a racist. I know I'm not a racist. I know fucking John Manningly's not a racist. I know Eric Tanzi's not a racist. You can all do something to me. Uh, you you all you all assume that we all hate this and we hate that because we don't see your point of view." But that's a bunch of bullshit. And, and and when you say, well, we need to have a conversation, the extent of the conversation is I'm going to browbeat you and tell you what a fucking racist you are. You just sit there and take it like a man, because if you say anything to the contrary, I'm just going to say, well, you wouldn't understand because you don't have my experience. And that's a bunch of bullshit. That's not a conversation. A conversation is a two way communication platform, is it not? It is. And, and, and Chris, my uh, demeanor right now, my voice is very angry. I'm not angry at you, Chris. Drew pissed me off today with this fucking story. I thought this guy was going to be found guilty. And it was just uh, the whole thing, the body camera footage, all of it made me mad. And uh, so I don't want you to feel like I am uh, singling no, you out or anything. I was just trying to answer your question. I'm just generally in a, in a bad mood right now. I'm, I'm getting better with the mood because of the ending of the story. I'm just it hasn't sunk in yet. Um, so yeah, I'm a little on edge, a little snappy, if you will. And I apologize for that. But, Chris um, or anybody in the chats, here's your admonishment. When you, when you ask the questions, you're going to get the heat sometimes and it's not personal. It's, it's definitely it's not, not personal. personal. I don't know you, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you might not even be a real Chris. You could be a, a John or anything like that. The only thing I do know is real is Jay Keefe is in the, uh, chief Keefe chief is Keefe. in the house from Cincinnati, Ohio, still recovering from domestic violence wounds, uh, from his dispute with Jill. But we are uh, glad to have you guys in here. Uh, I know one more and I'm out of here podcast came out with a new episode and, and he's uh, one of the, the big hosts on there. So uh, we really appreciate you um, uh, for everybody else in the live chats there. Falconator, Tanner, Chris Duquette, Jay Keefe, Lumber Chef, JKW1005. Haven't seen that name before, um, but appreciate you being here. TJR, as always, Dead Like Media. I'm just going to scroll up a little higher. I'm not going to do this all day, but Brian W., uh, Matt Dak Skylog. Matt Dak Skylog sounds like a rap, a little mumble rap. Tactical dude is always, always great to have you in here, man. We really appreciate that. Armory night. And the list goes on and on. Sorry if I missed you. I'm just not going to go up any higher. It's not that I don't love you. Um, but for myself and the easy, steezy, beautiful Drew Breezy, go follow us on the Instagrams. Help us get to that 10,000 mark. 
We're sitting somewhere around 9,300, 9,280 on the Instagrams. We'd love to get to that 10,000 mark. We'd love to have some more subscribers get to that 10,000 mark on YouTube. We're sitting around 7,000 on the YouTubes. Um, but as always, hit that automatic download on Spotify, iTunes, and give us that five-star rating or review. That's what means the most. Become a paid member on our Patreon. Get all that extra content um, for free that you'll be getting. I have The Officer Daniels coming on this week. Um, and I got a bunch of other stuff lined up for August. I've got a sex romance novelist coming on. <laughs> really excited about that. It's a different one, Drew. Um, so I will have, I will be having two sex romance novelists come on. But one is just law enforcement related. She's an LEO wife, and she writes uh, police-related sex romance novels. Um, and so I'm getting her book uh, to, you know, I'm ordering it today. Hopefully it'll come in and I can read some of this stuff. That way we can have a very salacious uh uh, behind the paywall conversation about this stuff. I'm going to read some of the, you know, she doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to read some of the most salacious parts of the book live on Patreon where it just gets really into it. Just oh nasty. So if you, if you're a real nasty kinky person, put the kids to bed early and go for a uh, failure to stop after dark, join us up on Patreon. Hey, read that comment real quick that I put up on the screen. Uh, while I ask you the dead leg Abby interview on Patreon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing. So, uh, so do this. So do that. That's your homework assignment from from Professor Drew. And I also want to. Uh, there was something else I wanted to add. Oh, what are we doing next Friday? Are we here next Friday or no? Uh, yeah, yeah, we got to be here because we have we have ads that we have to pay for. Um, I mean, we have ads <laughs> that we're being paid for. Mad Dax Skylog says, "I'm a father of six. Too many to fit into the name." Well, C minus Media, who owns Fair to Stop Network, also has a podcast for kids called Gromit Vomit. It's two ten-year-olds who interview all the hottest athletes, Olympians, X Game medalists. Um, they just had the uh, the nine-year-old Reese Nelson on, who just won best trick at the X Games at nine by doing a kick flip nose slide over a massive gap. Um, I think it's a I think it's a 14 foot gap or something. No, no, not 14 feet, like eight foot. I don't know. Massive gap in a vert ramp, um, which means if you fuck up, she would definitely be in a wheelchair for a long time, but she did a kickflip no slide over this gap at nine years old. Um, but they had her on the podcast. So if you, if your kids want a uh, kid friendly um, podcast, so go, go get them over there and, and have them follow them. So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that does sound kink, kinky if you don't know what a no, no slide over a massive gap is. Uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, from myself and the easy steezy, beautiful Drew Breezy, which I think he should change his, his screen name to the steezy Drew Breezy. That's just my personal opinion. Guns up. Giddy up. Giddy up. Not